0: Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network. Follow us on Twitter at the Riot Network to stay up to date on all of your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me as always, Josh Klein, editor-in-chief for the Riot Report and has been spending most of his time in the past two weeks buying and selling 12-second clips of NBA stars on the blockchain. Hello, That's right. Joshua.
1: That's right, baby. I am very into – I'm very crypto right now, very oh into God. NBA Top Shots. If you could see these little whiskers that are growing out of my face, it's because I'm staying up all night, constantly refreshing the marketplace on NBA Top Shot. If you haven't checked it out, it's super fun. It's like, uh, it's like collecting cards for the digital age, um, except – a thousand times dorkier when you tell your wife about it and how much it costs.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, it just sounds way nerdier. Is nerdier a word? I feel like
1: sports cards in general had a bit of a nerdiness to them. Like, like they were at a, the floor for nerdiness of collecting sports cards is pretty high. So like once you add digital on there, it goes that much higher. And then when you get blockchain, it's like, it's through the roof. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's fun though.
0: It sounds like an episode of Big Bang Theory, although they don't know anything about sports, so maybe not.
1: No, that's right. But my LeBron dunk serial number 5800 through the roof, rocket emojis, rocket emojis.
0: Uh, let's bring our other nerd on here. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot report, trying to drop my name with the Texans to try and get a better trade proposal going. My name only works at bakeries, I think.
2: (laughs) Hey guys, I, I just was checking the value on my Nolan Ryan rookie the other day, about 1500. Uh, so feeling good about that investment. Thank you to one of the exes. Um, and, uh, other than that, having a great day dreaming of who will
1: be our next quarterback. It's going to be somebody. I have one of those. I feel like when I was – I will tell you this. Bold prediction, and I know bold prediction sometimes can get caught up if you're aggregators, if you're listening. Bold Uh -uh. prediction, somebody is going to be under center next year. Like, for sure. And I can tell you this. He is going to be wearing a number under 20. You're hearing this first. Like, that is coming out here first. 1 through 19, that is going to be the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Next year, do with that what you will. Do your thing, internet. You know,
2: you know, Josh, you chide, but I think we're down to about a dozen guys who legitimately could be.
1: (laughs) What a terrible place. But they
2: start with more than that on The Bachelor, I think.
0: Is that how it works? I don't even know.
2: Or on the bachelorette, I guess. I yeah. Well, I you know, but hey, look, to each their own. I just don't think they've done that yet.
1: They don't want to go to the fantasy suite with Sam Darnold. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you laugh you laugh you may be wishing it was sam darnold
0: <laughs> oh god what a time to be alive right it
1: really is it's exciting i'm gonna reveal my positive attitude once once our guest comes on
0: let's bring our guest on the only one on here that is not a nerd i feel like on the one day contract this week al wallace former carolina panthers defensive lineman year nfl vet co-host of the fox 46 pregame show color analyst for Charlotte 49er football and host of the inside voices podcast. And he still has the best arms to ever appear on one day contract. Oh, look at that. Oh,
3: flex. I'll, I'll take that. I, I don't know what blockchain is. I'm, I'm not familiar with trading cards. I, I feel like when I was, you know, a teenager, we used to probably slap those folders out of kids' hands, but I'm, I'm not a bully or anything. Like I'm a nice guy. You guys know me. I was going to
2: say I was gonna say he is a geek because he was, he was a principal back in the day, and he was a geek, but actually you could have been the scary assistant principal and so
3: therefore not a geek. I uh, was the scary assistant principal. I felt like a bully at times, but trust me, the kids uh, these days aren't afraid of six five two seventy. That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They'll just keep yelling at you. You're a free agent, Al Wallace. You're a free agent.
2: <laughs> not today he's not. Not today. Uh, I really
0: hope when you cut the tease for this by the way that it's the video of Al flexing and then Josh flexing and then Marley barking
1: and then and then Al just dunking on me and Colin like immediately. It was great. A good start to the pod. Really, it really puts everybody in their place. Shows who shows who uh, knows what they're talking about and is was the former NFL player and who's like well uh, the value of my uh, Rajon Rondo run it back Top Shot has really been eighteen percent the market
2: sources are telling me Colin C L T has unfollowed the Riot Network on Twitter.
1: <laughs> what could this mean? What does it mean when they unfollow? Oh man. <laughs> We're at, I, I tweeted out a couple weeks ago, or a couple days ago, the, the days feel like weeks, uh, that, that it's like we've reached that point of the offseason. Like it seems like it gets faster and faster. We've reached the unfollowed people on unfollowed the team on Instagram portion of the offseason. We've gotten to the uh, uh, clearly the best quarterback. Maybe he's not the best quarterback in the draft. Like we got that much, we got to that part <laughs> faster than I thought we would. It's just like the offseason it's just accelerate we're going to be having the draft on like january 15th by now <laughs> well, we're what
2: 8 weeks out from the from the draft is that what it is and kick off and in
1: 197 days
2: and the panthers are taking mac jones at 8 is what i've heard so let's Four. let's talk about our next quarterback guys
0: well before we get into football talk and josh keeps rattling off nerdy numbers over here we're going to start with nikki's super important question uh, we got 2 months to talk about all this stuff and We're in a pandemic and the world is kind of crazy around us. So I need to know what you're doing in all of this to try to like stay calm, maybe treat yourself. Are you doing anything to treat yourself during these trying times of
3: 2021? Uh, Me, I'm, look, I'm, I like to cook. So I'm, I'm uh, looking for days like today in Charlotte, where it's really sunny and I can get out on my smoker and, and take, eight, ten hours and and do a brisket, do uh, some food, and just treat my family. I feel like when I grew up, food equaled love, and that's how we shared. I come from a, a Caribbean background. My, my family is Bahamian, and we, we we show love through food. So that's what I do for my family. I'm the family cook, and, and I love providing that for my family. That That's how I mentally uh, come down off the day and, and get away from the sports and everything else.
1: Do you have a secret ingredient that goes in like the brisket rub that like that that is kind of like your like when when Al makes it, when dad makes it at home, you know it's got this in there?
0: Yeah, I haven't
3: love. gotten that far. Yeah, yeah. Love. I haven't gotten that far yet. I, I mean I use some commercial rubs that I really like. I've probably um spent a small fortune on trying out all, all these different rubs from from some celebrity uh, barbecue guys and and Guys that go around on the circuit, so uh, I try them all, and it goes down to simple. I like Texas brisket, just salt, pepper, and garlic. Man, very basic.
0: I'm available for for any meal, by the way, if you need someone to come and eat all the leftovers, I
2: was or take a picture of the food, perhaps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: Touche. Thank you, <laughs> Joshua.
1: Um, I you know what, I don't know whether this is going to be breaking news or not. I don't think I've really admitted this in public. Uh, But I, about eight months ago, my wife encouraged me to try acupuncture. And I did. And I, and she was like, you know, what's what, why are you here? And I was like, well, I'm like, I'm stressed out. And I'm tired all the time. And she was like, Oh, okay. So uh, she put some needles in my forehead and in my stomach and in my legs and my feet and my arms. And then, like the next day, I kind of just felt better and like I didn't feel stressed out as much. And then I went back the next week and I didn't feel as terrible about how what was happening in the world. And this was like in April when everything was really bad last year. And I was just like, you know what? I think I'm just going to keep doing this. So I've been going to do an acupuncture once a week. And I feel great, obviously, as you can see by my positive attitude that I bring to this podcast every single week. <laughs> so I would recommend it. Acupuncture, get out there. It seems like it's one of those things where it, seemed, it may not work for everybody. My wife hated it, which was hilarious because she was the one that wanted me to do it. But uh, I, I just I kind of fell in love with it. So it's like I treat myself every Wednesday. Don't, don't holler at me between 9.30 and 10.30. I'm, I'm needled up
3: needled up.
2: Al, did you, during your playing days when you, you know, had injuries or anything like that, did you ever try al- alternative medicine?
3: Yeah, I, I think I've tried everything. Uh, I'm still pretty consistent with um, going to a chiropractor, you know, have some, mm-hmm. some back and, and joint pain. Um, and the acupuncture was definitely to, to you know, again, decompress. For me, it was every Friday, you treat yourself that half day right before you travel on Saturday or you're in a hotel, you try to come down off of the week and get some of that soreness out. The the week is so short. It really is during the season that you try to add some of those things to your regimen um, to try to get your body back before you destroy it again at one o'clock on Sunday.
1: Same thing for me before I look at the computer for eight hours a day, I try to get in there and uh, just get my, you know, get my body right. I mean the yeah the 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 wrist pain it's real my posture I've been working on it. Colin, what do you do I, for it? you like to relax? You have two kids at home.
2: Yeah, tons of relaxing. That's why <laughs> that's why all the people with um you know with little kids are taking up new hobbies and stuff like that. It's it's great. Um, I've dodged drinking, so that's that's good. Um, I'm not, a hobby, I'm not fall into a, a pit of of alcohol. But you know, honestly, I've been thinking a lot about what you guys are kind of talking about. I I feel like I. I got a big old head. My neck takes a lot of stress from that. don't have necessarily the greatest <laughs> posture, you know, I, I need, but like, what would you guys recommend? Like if I, I'm serious, like shoulders and neck, where am I, where am I going? Where am I starting? If like a chiropractor, a, a, a good massage, acupuncture, where would you guys start? Cause I, this is, this is something new that I've been thinking about during this pandemic time.
0: Uh, Just for no, a long
2: time massage. more than this. massage. Hot
0: Stone Massage. I just had an hour and a half one on Sunday, and it was glorious.
2: An hour and a half? Did you just make yeah. that up? Like, or is that like a normal thing? Like, I mean, like they were just like, give her the Nikki treatment. Just an hour and a half, whatever she wants.
0: Yeah, I, I name dropped myself and got an hour and a half. <laughs> massage. <laughs> but it was great. I'll give a shout out to Zen Massage. They are very affordable, and the people were nice. It was easy to book, and I would definitely go back there.
1: I'm going to have to bleep all that out because they're not a sponsor. So sorry, Zen. <laughs> I'll bleep that part out when I said it again.
0: <laughs> sponsor us. We need money. <laughs> Colin, have, when's the last time you had a massage?
1: Never. Not once What? In my life. No. Oh, that seems, see, that seems crazy. That's criminal. No, <laughs> yeah, no man. massage,
2: no No uh, chiropractor. I, I just, I don't know. It was a thing. for. I, I didn't want people touching me.
1: I mean, they don't don't really touch you with the acupuncture. It's just kind of needles for the most part. So there you go. They just throw them at, and it's mostly like being at a bar at like (laughs) one thirty. You stand in front of the dartboard. They just they wing them at you. If you get a good one
2: all day, but you know, feel better.
0: (laughs) All right, we got to change this massage first, and then we'll work you up to acupuncture. There you go. How about that? Yep. All right. Baby, baby steps. Baby steps. All right, before we start talking about uh, the D word, let's do a couple quick news updates. Panthers released four players. Are you surprised by any of these moves?
1: Uh, honestly, the only one that surprised me was Trey Boston. Um, I think I think everybody, everybody, even inclu- up to and including K-1 Short, knew that K-1 Short was going to get released. Um, just simply, you know, two shoulder surgeries in two years, uh, huge gap number. Uh, getting on an age just doesn't his a hit where he was in his career doesn't really compute with where the team is. Um, It wouldn't surprise me to see him come back though in a Charles Johnson type situation. But uh, you know, Steven Weatherly didn't live up to his contract. That was just a bad signing. And then Michael Polardi got Wally pipped. Like that's just, I mean, he's making a million. It's a bad year to have a large cap number and be and have a younger guy on the roster who does the same thing at 80% of your value. It's just a bad year for it. Um, Salary caps going down for the first time in 10 years. So I I thought for me, I I thought Trey Boston was a surprising release, but when you look at his contract, it was pretty front loaded. So maybe he was just here to kind of help that transition from Matt rule uh, or from, you know, Ron Rivera and, that regime to this new regime and he did the job. And now that Matt rule has seen some of these younger guys, he's ready to ready to move on from Trey Boston.
2: Does the fact that they did it as a uh, June one, right? Trey Boston was a June 1st designation, correct? So does, do you read into that anything? Like why would they have not just waited on this one? Why What's the, I guess they are trying to do right by him.
1: Yeah. I think they wanted to give him a chance to sign with somebody else, which I think was like, I don't know whether they, like, they did the same thing with Greg Olson last year, and then they did it with KK a couple weeks ago, um, or a week ago. But, um, and I think they did the same thing with Trey Boston. I think they said to themselves, you know, we we know we're going to release this guy rather than just wait for three months until all, especially in a year like this. There are a lot of safeties out there, tons of safeties in the draft. Um, so, you know, it's not going to be easy for him to find a job, certainly not at that, that contract that he likes to get. So, um, yeah, it's tough. Al, when you were getting – you, were you surprised that, that Trey Boston I – I guess two questions about Trey. Were you surprised that they brought him back last year? And then were you surprised that they let him go less than a year later?
3: Yeah, I wasn't surprised that they brought him back because there are so many additional intangibles that he brings to the table – and I think at this year, a week ago, you know the rubber meets the road how How much are you willing to play for leadership and personality and um, kind of culture and I think he is unfortunately part of the old culture that they don't see working in this culture, but I think I was surprised because when you thought about this off season you didn't you didn't think uh, safety at all and, and for Trey Boston to be gone. Um, I wasn't surprised that they brought him back because he was a vital piece. There were so many young guys on that defense. You needed some glue, uh, a guy that's been around the the Charlotte area for so long. I think he was a guy that Matt Rule needed to have in that, that system to make that transition, like you said, Josh. So I think everybody knows their time is up. I don't think it's a surprise to Trey or KK or any of the guy. Weatherly, for me, was the most disappointing signing. I thought the expectations were so high for this guy and, man, he didn't even come close to living up to those things. And, and that happens. You, you get one or two of those every season.
2: And is I think start? it's worth noting, too, that KK did uh, say that he and Fitter have spoken about possibly returning, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, too. So, that you know, if you, there is, there's a little smoke there as possible.
1: I would say, if I don't, I don't think I'm talking out of school to say, I think it's more likely than not that he comes back. I don't think it's I don't think it's ninety five percent, but I if it's I think it's fifty one forty nine, you know.
3: <clears throat> and I think it's important. I think it's important that a guy like uh, you know KK comes back. So we always want leaders. You want those kind of player coaches in the locker room. He's not the most vocal guy. I had a great opportunity what ten years ago now to kind of train him and get him prepped for the combine down in, in Orlando where they had the bubble uh, through his agent and, and working with him. So I, I know he's a guy that's motivated. He loves the Charlotte area. He wants to be a part of this team. And if you can get him to be that blueprint for Bravion Roy, for Derek Brown, if nothing else, if the number's right, you bring them back because that's going to serve those guys well in their development.
1: What – So you? so you like trained him for the combine. This is not really on our show notes, but I'm curious – a year like this, you obviously trade a lot of guys for the combine, a year like this, do you think that guys are going to get hurt because they can't necessarily, whether they're, you know, whether they can't go to the combine, whether their pro days get canceled, whether it, like, how much harder do you think it is for guys to show how good they can be um, with, you know, COVID and all that stuff kind of holding people
3: back? I think it's harder. It's, it's a yes and a no to that. I think if you're a top guy the elite athletes the guys that I train you know down there uh, you know of course I'm name dropping now I work with Khalil Mack and and KK some of the top you know 15 you know prospects and coming out in the NFL through Joel Siegel one of the big time agents out there I believe he's Christian McCaffrey's agent mm-hmm. um, so you work with those guys they don't need the combine, they don't need those types of things. Their play on the field has already proved what they can bring to the table. It's guys like me, it's the undrafted free agents that depended on pro days and the scouts being out there looking at um, other guys maybe on your team and and catching their eye during those workouts. So the top guys, the, the top 200 athletes that's coming out of college this year, it's it's nothing. It's just another way for them to go and, and perform and show athleticism. But football is played on the film and the scouts. I think that's the biggest thing: the scouts not being able to get out as much as we've uh, they've been able to in the past. That's really going to hurt some of the guys that are going to fly under the radar.
2: I think we could see a real disparity this year, even more so between like good team, quote unquote, good teams and bad teams. And we don't know who that's going to be. But I think this offseason and the execution with this offseason, because the, the information is going to be so, so disparate for everybody that I, I really think we're going to see who's got it and who doesn't.
0: Now, on the flip side, the Panthers did re-sign a couple wide receivers. So how many more wide receiver moves do we think there's left to make? Any indication of what it means for Curtis Samuel? Um,
1: I think these two guys – for me, sorry, I, I didn't mean to jump in, but I think Brandon Zilstra and Keith Kirkwood are not – they don't necessarily have any bearing on what Curtis Samuel does. I think what the only thing that is going to have bearing on what Kurt, whether or not Curtis Samuel comes back is whether Curtis wants to come back or not. It's not going to – I don't think it's a question of whether the Panthers want him back. They do. They want him back. They offered him a contract last year, and he wanted to test the free agent market, which – how can you blame him? I mean, not to mention that he is going – he would – you know, barring any sort of trades, uh, would be the fourth receiving option uh, on a team if he came back. And it's like you know, he could probably, depending on how good his agent is, could finagle himself into being the first receiving option on on a team, and certainly get paid that kind of money. So I, I think that you know he's going to go out there and test the market, and I, I think that he will. I think he'll get. A, a big deal, and I think the Panthers have more cap room than we thought they would. Now they're, I think they have the most cap room in the NFC. But I still am not sure that they want to uh, assign some of that cap room to how much it would cost to bring back Curtis Samuel.
2: I just don't think that you can, uh, because of what you just said about it being a fourth receiver. You can't pay your fourth receiver uh, a, fr- a free agent contract, like you, uh, you know, an eight-figure free agent contract or something in that neighborhood. That's just irresponsible spending.
3: I agree. This is going to be a tough one for the Panthers. I think they want him back. You're right, Josh. Um, He had an incredible season. But when I look at the season, I think those opportunities were there for Curtis Samuel because Christian McCaffrey was not there. The absence of that receiver, I know we're saying he's third or fourth uh, receiving target, but the things that Curtis Samuel – does well are the same things that Christian McCaffrey uh, has in his toolbox. So having both of those players on the roster, and I know we'll get into you know some of the trade rumors out there and who's going to be where, but if I'm Curtis Samuel, I'm saying, Hey, am I going to get those touches? Am I not going to get the, the same looks if, if Christian's on this football team? Probably not. They're going to go to number 22 because he is the best player on offense. So, um, the money's going to be too high. I, If I'm Curtis Samuel, I go out there and I get paid. and I'm going to do exactly what Colin said, try to convince somebody I can be a, a two, maybe a one, and that I should be the guy in a different offense and, and, and that I can make that happen. I, I've only seen one real year of him running great routes, getting separation, catching the ball, and getting open. The rest of his career have been a lot of the runs and jet sweeps and, and kind of gadget things that offenses now are really good at.
2: You know, and and some of the stuff we saw, a lot of it early on, particularly when Cam was the quarterback, we would see about it, oh, the separation he was getting. Well, now we look back and we acknowledge that every defense wasn't playing Cam to be able to throw the ball deep. So when you get separation deep and the defense knows you're not going to throw it, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, you might as well be me in the sidelines. So, and that's not not ripping Curtis, but that is a lot of what, uh, you know, the early excitement was based on when he wasn't having – uh, the number of catches. And I think everybody likes him. He's a good piece. Uh, but you know, you mentioned CMC taking the touches. We also assume that there'll be a better tight end option in this offense next year too. So that's going to be another little slice of the pie away from him.
1: One thing just to think about, just to kind of put into the listeners ears is theoretically, if they do sign Curtis Samuel, like let's say in the next month, they announce a signing with Curtis Samuel an extension with Curtis Samuel. I think you could, if you wanted to, you could start to read some tea leaves about where, who may or may not be on the offense next year um, because of that. If they, you know, and I'm not saying they will, I'm not saying this will happen, but so much of this is reading the tea leaves. And a lot of times they will make moves far in advance. Like, for instance, last year they signed Teddy Bridgewater, and then the next day they had granted Cam Newton uh, the, the ability to, or the whatever, to go seek a trade. And then two days later, he was cut. So they knew that these things were going to happen down the road. So if they were theoretically ta- talking to a team that is famous for brisket, uh, in their city, and they said, and that team was like, we are not going to trade anyone on our roster. Certainly not any quarterbacks that were number four, unless you include Christian McCaffrey, they may say to themselves, okay, well, if we're going to trade Christian, we have to, we, we need to bring back Curtis. That makes a lot more sense. So you could start to read those tea leaves. It's a lot of hypotheticals, but theoretically, if that does happen, you could.
2: Yeah. Because I think if we thought he was coming back as the number two receiver or one, a starting receiver, we'll say, then, then, the, then instantly the price is, you know, the conversation is different about the price.
1: Yeah. And Robbie Anderson's name has been, ban- has been included in these last few trade proposals, which we're going to talk about. And he's a
2: free agent, you know. I mean, he just signed a two-year deal. When's DJ? When's the DJ decision coming, too?
1: Probably next offseason is when DJ has to has to get paid, right? Because they have a fifth-year option. So he's coming into his fourth year. So he would get. So he's got two more years. So I mean, you could, you could, you could do it right now. To me, I think that, and I think free agency we'll talk about a little bit more in depth. But like. This year is the year to make signings. And I think that what they're doing in terms of opening up as much cap room as they possibly can this year is really, really smart. Um, Because there are going to be a lot of guys out there that with the salary cap dropping, a lot of teams that are above the salary cap are going to be releasing guys that they don't necessarily want to release um, offering contracts that are maybe a little bit lower than what they they're worth. And you can get some values this, this next year, especially if you're willing to wait on, on some of these free agents. Uh, now via trade, I don't think there's going to be any value, but, um, I think, uh, free agency, there could be some value. And
2: you expect them to be process type signings, not splash signings. Is that fair to say?
1: You know, honestly, I thought that, but now I don't the <laughs> like, like I, They were, they were so process based for like what, 14 months. And now it's just <laughs> like, and now it's like, there i mean we're going to talk about it we may as well just jump into this deshaun thing but like let's go <laughs> reports are out that reports and i have heard the same thing that david tepper is obsessed with deshaun watson that's a national report peter king is writing that david tepper is obsessed with deshaun watson is that good for your trade value like is that good for being like you know what guys i know i'm obsessed with the guy but i can't include a 2024 third no way like it's ridiculous the they I'm a little bit worried that at this point they have just overplayed their hands where it's like the Texans are going to be like, Hey man, he's here. Come and get him. What do you got? We'll take it all.
2: All right. Well, I have a theory for you. Oh baby. Uh, I actually think the Panthers are, may have intentionally leaked this stuff about Deshaun Watson in an effort to make sure that the information got into the ears of one Cal McNair. Because if say you went through traditional channels and called Nick Casario and you were like, "Hey, are you interested in a?" Uh, and I actually did just pick up my phone for everyone listening. Um, <laughs> are you interested Boy. in a, a a running back um, that's coming off an injured season, pay in full freight for him, but could serve as the face of your franchise? You're Nick Casario. You're going no way. And then and Cal goes, "Hey, have we gotten any good offers on Deshaun?" "Nope, no sir, no good offers." I think they were making sure. Kyle McNair was aware that a potential face of the franchise was being offered.
1: I want to talk what before before we I want to ask Ali a very basic question because we our my stance and your stance Colin on Deshaun Watson are very clear. Bernie's stance very clear as well. Uh what do you th- do you think that the Panthers should trade for Deshaun Watson?
3: I do. I think a uh, a franchise quarterback is that critical uh to the process of winning, to becoming a uh, a, you know, a playoff caliber football team. And, and if you don't have one, you're just, you're behind. There, there are not a lot of guys, uh, you know, that aren't the leader of the team, that aren't elite quarterbacks that made it to the playoffs this year. So if you're David Tepper, if you're Fitter, I think you go out there and you you really attempt to make sure you get one. So I think it's a good conversation. I think it's healthy for this organization, but you guys aren't wrong, especially Colin. I think it's very smart thought process and theory you have there that you, you start playing tricks with the owner, not the general managers They're you know, they're doing it by the book for the most part, that organization, you never know, but the owners, right. You get in their ear, they come downstairs, they started making decisions for the GMs and, and that's the way to, to kind of make moves uh, you know the, a, a different way than the traditional route by just GM to GM so that's I'm, I'm in with you Colin I think that's a good idea if, if that's the theory here.
2: You know I don't think you guys have ever backed me up once as well as Al just did on one of my theories not once we've done these for a long time thank you
1: Al. Hi. good to me. I also agree with you Colin. I would just like that I'm not even not even being teed up by that request for uh for platitude, but for praise. Um but I also agree with you. I think that if if that's the plan then that is a that that is a very shrewd move. Um also like our owners is owner to owner trade talk like is that a good way to run your football team because it doesn't seem like it to me. Like I'm not I mean which owner
2: are we in this scenario? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like
2: a really good way for me if I'm David Tepper right now, perhaps.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, is that I, I have made it very clear. You know, what's crazy is that what, however long ago that was a month ago, I I floated the idea of four first round picks and Christian McCaffrey. And I got a lot of flack from people. And now that kind of seems like the low end of the trade market for Deshaun Watson. Like now it's now the trades, we're going to talk about some of the proposals that are going around um, in a few minutes, but the, like what, what it has come to the good news, I think that it has prepared the fan base for how much Deshaun Watson is going to cost because I don't know that there has been a a player of this caliber available via trade in the NFL ever, Uh, like, that has actually been traded for. A franchise quarterback, a top-five quarterback available in his prime um, at 25 years old with a a contract, which ultimately it's a big contract right now, but the reality is is in three years – once the next round of quarterbacks sign their deals, it's not going to be a big contract at all. This contract is going to be small compared to Justin Herberts and Tua's and uh, whoever else is in that next round of, of – Mahomes already signed his deal. But you know what I'm saying. Like the next round of guys, they, they always get smaller. So I think that when you look at this, and if you can, um, if you can move on from a quarterback that you're not happy with, then all the better, especially if you can get out of that via trade. Um, I, to me, I, I have said, go out and do it. Make, make it happen if you can bring in Deshaun Watson. But I do wonder if the Panthers have the wherewithal and Scott Fitterer slash Matt Rule have the go-ahead to say no, to say this is too much. We cannot give up this much for Deshaun Watson.
0: Where been- do you draw that line, though? Where is the line for how much is too much? Everyone's saying go line, do it.
2: The line is directly uh, below Brian Burns's name, in my opinion. Like that's the one thing. And if and if I have to give up Brian Burns in this situation, then I'm getting one of those first back. You're not getting the full complement of first and a pass rusher like that. That to me is the one where it, it that he completely changes the deal. A lot of other guys kind of feel interchangeable to me, but. He is the one dude I'm, that, that, that changes everything as far as what picks I'm – or the number of picks I'm giving up.
3: It, it has to be – and I know we're going to talk about some of the trade proposals, but I, I agree. It has to be Brian Burns. I, I'm, I'm drawing the line at some of my potential superstar uh, athletes under 25 that we, we, we've only had for a couple of years. Not willing to part ways with any of those guys, and, and as far as we you know, what's too much? I mean, it's 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 a load for me. I'm I'm willing to sacrifice a number of things uh, on this roster. Maybe not uh, draft capital so much because you still want to grow and develop. But guys that we've seen perform, whether it's a year or two that's just gotten here, veterans. I'm willing to part ways with those guys. For a top five, like Josh said, quarterback in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I will tell you this. First of all, if if they have any interest in Robbie Anderson, he should be the first guy on the deal. Cause I, Robbie, great guy, unbelievable, like my favorite guy on the team last year because of the what like who he was, the way he played, et cetera. But last year of his deal is going to get a huge contract after that from somebody by like Have a good one. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy catching passes from Trey Lance.
2: Yeah, I do want to bring up one thing about Tepper real quick before we jump into the trades too, because we've had some fun and a lot of Panther fans have had fun, you know, talking about the process-based stuff and how Rome wasn't built in a day and things like that. But, you know, and Al's referenced it a couple times. Isn't quarterback the exception? Like, isn't quarterback – like, I think I would rather have them going this route than saying, you know what, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are available, but we're going to find one in the draft. We're going to develop one. And, like, have that be the only mode of getting a quarterback. Like, the odds are you're not going to get it right a couple times. Like, we've been lucky over the last 20 years, you know, in having some consistency at quarterback by and large. But it's not a guarantee, Um, you know, if if, if you've seen – look at other teams, you can certainly see that.
1: Let's – Go ahead. I I will say this, that um, it is a – and I I tweeted something similar to this, but, like, it is an exciting time to be a Carolina Panthers fan, like, right now. And, yes, is it frustrating to see all these trade proposals and not know actually what's going on behind the scenes and see Teddy Bridgewater and Shaq Thompson unfollowing the team on Instagram and all this stuff? Yes, but – the idea that the Panthers are now one of the final two to three to four teams, depending on which report you believe, that are in the mix for this spectacular franchise quarterback, it's fun. And I teased it at the beginning, and I am telling you guys right now, I am, I am excited, and I'm having a positive attitude about this offseason because this kind of stuff is fun. A new quarterback search – is a fun time can be a fun time to the be first time a, yeah of <laughs> course well, <laughs> once once you've seen that quarterback, it's not quite as fun, but uh it, it can be fun. Um, to say, hey, you know what? We're right in the mix for the Deshaun Watson pick. and Oh, Deshaun went to the, the Dolphins, but you know what? Oh, we're at the eighth pick, and maybe we'll trade up for one of these guys, and oh, that'll be awesome. And then, oh, if we can't trade up, then oh, you know what? We'll take Trey Lance at eight, and oh, you know, like there are all kinds of things that could happen um, that that are very exciting to be, not to mention, oh, we co- we made these smart moves. Now we have the most cap space in the NFC. Like the the moves that they're making – um, should make you excited to be a fan of the Carolina Panthers right now. Now, some of the next moves might make you less than excited, but uh, <laughs> but right now, where they are right now, I think is an exciting time to be a Panthers fan.
2: It's an exciting time, but it's not necessarily the one that they, plan- they planned or hoped for because let's not forget how close they were to getting Matthew Stafford. And then this whole entire podcast is completely different. So oh, yeah. they're looking for a blue-chip quarterback, um, and that's why this obsessed with the Sean Watson thing – they wouldn't have offered what they did for Stafford if if David Tepper was over the moon obsessed with Deshaun Watson, in my humble opinion. He's looking for a blue-chip one, a blue-chip quarterback. Deshaun Watson fits the bill. Matthew Stafford fits the bill. Um, but – and, I'm I look, I'm Walt Watson. I'm right there with you. But uh, the, it could have played out completely differently.
0: Let's look at some of these theoretical or hypothetical trade offers um, – First, just start with David Newton, and he's the one that kind of blew up the internet and it it went into the debate of a bold prediction and an actual report. Um, Josh, start with you.
1: So that bold prediction was three first-round picks and Christian McCaffrey, which somehow got taken as reported on the news, and a lot of people talked about whether or not it was enough. Um, I said, I mean... I said four and Christian. So I think three and Christian sounds like a steal. I like, I I think that's, that to me is a move you can get away with because you could still get value in the second round. I get that giving up three first round picks is a tough thing, but you are still maintaining the integrity of your organization by doing that. Um, I, I think that is a, that, that's a move that I would be that I would think really hard about if I was the Carolina Panthers.
3: Yeah, I don't don't think it's enough. When I saw that, I I didn't think it's enough. I was with you, Josh, maybe not for uh, number one picks, you know, first-round picks, um, but I certainly thought that you could add somebody in. If if you're going to make that trade and you're the Texans, you want a quarterback, right? So I always thought that maybe Teddy Bridgewater was the guy that they bring in there with that eighth overall pick and you're thinking they're gonna get a quarterback because if this whole thing doesn't work out, I think that's the route the Panthers are gonna to take to groom a young guy. So um, three in Christian's not enough. And the the shocking thing, guys, is that there's not an uproar from a lot of people in in this this area about Christian McCaffrey not being on this football team. And, and a year ago, before the injuries, I would have you know gasped at the thought of not having that guy on the team. But that contract the value of the running backs. You see historically what they've done uh, as far as making Super Bowl runs. Those guys are undrafted free agents. You don't need the best running back in the league to be successful. Even when he has a thousand, thousand season, you're still not a playoff team. So uh, it, it's it still is shocking to me that there has not been a lot of pushback from Christian being thrown around in any of these trade talks.
1: Well, I, I – Sorry, just real quick, Colin, about Christian. I saw a thing today that most yards per game since 2018, Christian McCaffrey has 20 more than the second most on the list, averages 135 yards per game. And I think we we have forgotten how good Christian McCaffrey is. I believe he had the second most touchdowns on the team, and he only played in three games last year. So it's like, yes, he is very, very good. Ultimately, I think that quarterback – outranks running back by that much
2: and that's that's where it ultimately is for me it's quarterback over over running back because I I, I, I kind of disagree with you on this one Al I think he's exceptional all the excuses we'll make for why Watson wasn't in the playoffs with the Texans I think I could make for McCaffrey and why he was, his team wasn't performing better at the same time the fact of the matter is I think they're both they're both special players but one is the most important position in sports yeah. and that's the only reason that I'm not on here defending the, to the death, because you guys know it's been every step of the way from the contract the whole way. This guy, I, I McCaffrey's a special player, um, and he may end up being a Hall of Famer, and Watson not. And yet, I still think that you could, you would, you, I would do the trade.
1: Yeah, Christian has Christian has has been a, is a part of all three of these trades, so a part of these three trade offers. So, in case you are curious, and and I will say this. I'm not a hundred percent sure that he is somebody that ends up being a part of this trade. Like I think they could I think they could trade for Deshaun Watson and keep Christian McCaffrey on the roster because Nick Casario came from New England. What when was the last time that that New England valued a running back? Never. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I, I don't think that I, I don't think that Nick Casario is necessarily like we gotta get uh, we gotta get the best running back possible or the best running back in the league on this one. Um who's ne- what's the next who's the next one Nikki?
0: The next one is we're going to go to what was unveiled on Good Morning Football today and they oh took it up a notch with CMC Robbie Anderson, Brian Burns, Teddy Time, 2021 first round pick, 2022 first round pick.
1: Woo. Well, that's a Takes lot. your breath away. <laughs> it really does. These like when you when you look at all these players, so I I just um and this is a shout out to uh to to Vincent Richardson that he said that if you, if you trade, if you make that trade currently, um, here is your starting lineup next year. It's Deshaun Watson at quarterback. It's Reggie Bonifon at running back. It's Ian Thomas at tight end. It's DJ Moore, Brandon Zylstra, and Omar Bayless as your wide receivers. Maybe Keith Kirkwood. Offensive line, uh, Greg Little, two guards that you signed, Matt Paradis, maybe Taylor Moten, uh, but you're paying a ton of dead caps, so maybe you don't have enough room to, to franchise tag Taylor Moten. On defense, you're starting Ito Gross-Matos, Derek Brown, Bravion Roy and Marquise Haynes, Shaq and Jermaine Carter, Dante Jackson, Troy Pride, Miles Hartsfield, and Jeremy Chin at, at, in the secondary. That does not sound like a playoff team to me. That sounds like a 6-10, and 7-9, 8-8 and, nine, eight and eight team. And I know, obviously, Deshaun Watson got a lot better, but you don't really have that much of a chance to get better if you if you include – both, if you include both Teddy and Christian in the trade, you take all the cap room. So, uh, like to me, I think when you're dealing away all those players, it gets a lot harder to justify that trade.
2: I, I find that trade personally offensive. I, you, you're going to take my bur- you're going to take my best player on offense. You're going to take my best player on defense, and you're going to take my next two first round picks. Go screw yourself with that trade.
1: <laughs> Thank you for saving our two curses for later
3: you're welcome Uh, collins you're dead on man that's the line when we talked about it earlier with brian burns i'm not giving up my best defensive player a guy that i feel like is going to be an all pro at the position i'm not giving him up and we forget that deshaun watson has a say in this deal if i'm deshaun watson and i see all the guys that are leaving carolina so i can go there Mm -hmm. i'm i'm And I'm with the Houston Texans all over again. We don't have anything. We don't have protection. We don't have enough weapons. We don't have a great, a good enough defense that can keep us in ball games. I'm not going there because you've given up too much. Even, I want to get out of Texas. I want to get out of Houston, but you're giving up too much. So, I I do. That's the word that comes to mind. I think that's disrespectful. You can't, you can't have Brian Burns. Um, And
2: and another thing real quick, um, go ahead Josh, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I, go ahead.
2: <laughs> um, we as we were talking about. Oh man, see now, I did, now I did oh, it to myself. Oh
1: no, it's fine. I've i got mine right on deck. Uh, I think that if they, um, the other thing is that that we're gonna before we get to the next trade proposal is that you you don't have just have to just just like Al said, you don't just have to convince the Houston Texans to make this trade. You have to convince Deshaun Watson to make the trade, and Deshaun can say, Hey, you know what? I don't like you didn't include me on the GM search. You didn't include me on the head coaching search, but I need to be included on the trade search and I need to see what these two scenarios are going to be. And I do not want to get traded to Carolina with that much. I'll take the Miami deal where they're giving up Tua cause I don't care about the quarterback spot and all these first round picks because I know what kind of defense they have, or I'll take the jets deal because I want to move to New York and like, let's not, let's not pretend no income tax in Florida. New York City up north, like those things make a big difference, especially to a franchise quarterback. Now, it may not make a difference to Deshaun, might make a real big difference to his agent, might make a real big difference to his team, but it doesn't matter. Whoever has his ear, whoever can talk to him and convince him, these things make a huge difference for him. So it's not just about coming up with the best package to get him, to get Houston to say yes. You also need to get Deshaun to say yes, and those two things may not be mutually exclusive.
2: And, again, to go to the Burns point, now that I've remembered what my point was, the the pass rushing positions, the, the edge rushing positions, when it comes playoff time, they perform better than the quarterbacks. Like, when you talk about, like, the numbers, the, the best quarterbacks may not be there. But that pass rush, those guys, they're there, and they come to play in the playoffs. That's why you can't – I can't give you Burns and then say I'm building anything here. So you're, saying,
1: uh, you're you're just saying you're saying all that defensive end love Al. I'm telling you, when he's not on, when you're not on the show, he is just right? like Colin is just saying like defensive end, more like defensive land. Get him out of here. I don't <laughs> even like him. He's <laughs> just constantly it's talking football. about how defensive tackles are better than defensive end. Like it's just, Were you it's, the it's one that called
2: compared Stephen Weatherly to Al? Was that was that you? Oh no! Oh, oh.
1: Okay, all right. See, <laughs> you're about to see a Josh-shaped hole in the wall behind me <laughs>
2: as Colin I run out. Not because
1: rec- Al is throwing me out.
2: No, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. You didn't
0: I was that. gonna say, Colin, you got some receipts <laughs> on that. <laughs> uh, let's look at this last one, Peter King. This is the seven for one deal. CMC, Teddy, Robbie, first and second round picks in 2021. That'd be eighth and 39th overall. First round pick in 22, third round pick in 23. And a vital part of the deal they're saying would be, or Peter King saying would be Brian Burns.
1: See, to me, if you can get them off Brian Burns, that trade seems more palatable than any of the other, than the other three. Because it's, so first of all, Teddy and Christian should, like, Teddy... If you can get them to take Teddy, awesome, great. If you can get them to take Robbie Anderson as part of the deal and they're adding value via Robbie Anderson, great. And then when you look at the draft picks included in that deal, it's not really that bad. It's a first, it's a second. Uh, yes, it's a first and a third next year um, or over the next couple of years. But you can, you can still improve your team through the draft if you're giving up three, four picks over three years. There's still an opportunity to get better over the draft. And you can also look at it as, theoretically, if you wanted to, you could look at it as drafting Deshaun Watson with the eighth pick this year, so you don't have to really think about getting including that as part of the deal. That being said, the deal that ultimately ends up coming across the table is probably not – it's not going to be these exact deals. Like I, We kind of pick these apart where it's like, well, the third in 2023. But at least we can get an idea, and I think it is mentally preparing folks for how much it is going to take because it is going to take – a king's ransom.
3: I think this deal is is the best one that I've seen. I think this is spot on. You're talking about the eighth overall pick in the 39th, I believe it is, right there in the second round. So you give up those two things, and and I did not think about it the way you said, Josh. But you look at Deshaun Watson as that eighth pick, man. This is this is spot on to throw that Brian Burns thing on the end. I think you know the Panthers need to make sure that. They communicate how untouchable this guy is. It's Chin. It's Brian Burns. Maybe Derek Brown is, is you consider on that, that defensive side. Taylor Moten, who's, you know, a guy that is probably going to get franchised. And DJ Moore. Those are the only guys. What is that, five guys I named? Those are the only five guys I'm not willing to discuss. But everyone else uh, is up for debate. And if you want a defensive player, how about Shaq? Like there's some other guys on this team that you can throw in there, but Burns, Chen, Brown, uh, DJ Moore, those guys I'm not willing to part ways with, but Peter King I think nailed it. And I think this is the best looking kind of scenario that I've seen so far as far as trade proposals for Deshaun Watson. If I think if I'm the Texans, you understand the value and you may ask for more, but at the end of the day, this is, this is what you need to start over and, and just cut ties and let Watson go.
2: I'm with you guys on this one. I think people get – people recoil from the seven for one. Like the initial branding of the trade sounds bad, but if it's if you say it's four picks, only two of which are first rounders, yes, a second and a third, and then only one player that you care about. With due respect to Robbie Anderson, you don't – you know, Josh, you laid out why we don't expect him to be here long term. Plus, I think wide receiver is a diminished position. To be perfectly honest, if it came down to it, I would be, in, I would be inclined to include D.J. Moore in it. If that was the guy that they were willing to, uh, you know, get off of Burns, I, I would be willing to go to, to a DJ Moore um, level to get Deshaun in, and then and then maybe we bring back Samuel as you guys discussed earlier as well.
1: Now it should be noted, one of the things that I always like to think about is when these when reports like this come out. Obviously, this is a hypothetical, but. Peter King is one of the most connected guys in one of the connected reporter, one of the most connected reporters in all of sports. He had a, he had a source that, he, that is high up enough in the Panthers organization told him how David Tepper feels personally, or at least was willing to tell the world how he felt personally about Deshaun Watson. So this might be the closest to what the Panthers actually might be willing to give up. In order to get Deshaun Watson. And when you look at this trade, if Brian Burns is not included, if it's any other defensive player, aside from Jeremy Chin, I I think it's pretty good. I think it's a, I think it's a respectable deal. So for me, I think that, that, that Peter King nailed it. So good for you, Peter. I'll take that deal. If we're doing, let's make a deal.
2: Burns is the only guy I'm going to be mad about if it's, if, it, if he's included. CMC will be the guy that I'm checking and hoping that he's not included in, in, a, in a deal like that. But
1: Well, I'll tell you what, deal. man. CMC is going to – if he gets traded – I'm sorry to cut you off, Colin. I apologize. Uh, if he this gets one? traded, he is going to put up so much – he is going to put up so many yards in Houston oh. on a terrible team.
3: Oh, Just so an
1: awful, awful team there. And he is going to put up – I mean, he might have another 1,000-1,000 thousand, thousand year. He might have 1,100-1,100 because he will be the only weapon on that team, aside from Robbie Anderson. And, uh, and and like, he will just put up a million yards on that team because they will just feed him the ball. And so, I mean, he will – when you – I said this before, I don't think that Deshaun – I don't think you lose almost any trade for Deshaun Watson unless Deshaun Watson gets hurt. Deshaun Watson play, stays healthy for the entirety of his contract. You will w- You will ultimately win any deal – and that includes if you put Brian Burns in the package, in my opinion.
2: Are you more willing to put Burns
1: in the package than, than I think Al and I are? I don't want to. Like, I don't, like if I'm Scott Fitterer, I don't want to. Um, but if it, if it comes down, if push comes to shove, I'm going to push back. I'm going to say I need you to take something else out of the deal. I'll give you Brian Burns, but I can't give you the 2023 first-round pick. Or I can't right. give you something else. Yeah. Or I can give you DJ Moore, but not Christian McCaffrey. But if if push comes to shove, I, I think that ultimately that that's how you can you can be successful and you can build this team well if you still have some draft capital and you still have some players on your roster that that have value.
0: Any other Deshaun trade talk you guys want to do? I do want to talk about Taylor Moten before we get to the game.
1: Does he? Does he? Uh... Does he follow the Panthers on Instagram? Like, what's the what's the Instagram situation for Deshaun Watson? And um, uh, just – have you ever uh, – do you guys remember when Julio Jones uh, unfollowed the Falcons and every single one of his Falcons teammates? And you know when that was? That was in 2017 and 2018. It was two off-seasons in a row. He did the same thing. Huge story. This, and he still plays for the Falcons, right? Like, if you just Google – any team and unfollowed any team on Instagram. Tons of stories about
0: lots well, how of guys. Many, how many players do this now because they want to break Twitter? They want to break the internet. Hey, like, watch this. I'm going to unfollow the team and let's see who notices. It's a good like, point. is that a thing now?
1: And it could, Oh, it's and definitely I, a thing. It's a thing. Well, also, Teddy – oh, man. I don't – oh, man. Um, oh, no. I don't – I don't want to defend Teddy Bridgewater because I, Teddy Bridgewater did not have a good season in 2020, but the Panthers put him in an unwinnable situation and they treated him terribly from front to back when they brought him into this organization, they brought him in. They, they, they signed him to, they signed him to a deal that was not a big deal, but ultimately looked like a lot of money to the fan base they cut the most popular player in NFL, his, in, in the Panthers franchise history a day later. And whether or not they said it, they knew that Teddy would always be compared to Cam Newton. Yes, he did not have a great season, but they immediately were ready to throw him under the bus. What, like, what other franchise, as soon as the season's over, is like, that guy's got to have a good offseason or he's not coming back. What owner is going out and saying we got to look at the quarterback position because the quarterback position has to get better and they have to perform well in the fourth quarter like specifically calling out your own quarterback with two games left in the season and he unfollows the team on Instagram and everybody's like oh this guy's an asshole no that he should unfollow the team on Instagram he should be pissed off at the Panthers and I am not trying to defend him and say that he was great because he wasn't he was an average to below average quarterback but he did not get to be he did not deserve to be treated the way that he has been by not just the Carolina Panthers but the Carolina Panthers fan base sorry sorry to say
3: it i agree i mean I'm, i don't want to see you know toothy smile teddy in front of the cameras saying he appreciates the fan base and the organization for giving him but no i don't want to hear that i want to see him be pissed off a little bit because you know he was in that tough position, and he did not play well. But no one deserves that. You forget, guys are still husbands and, and still live in communities and have families, and you have to go through that. I think you should do it with respect. The Panthers didn't do that. Uh, they're married to a guy, and they're dating. They're actively trying to date somebody on the side in front of the whole world. It was awful to watch how it all went down, and, and it started during the season before he was even finished playing. Uh, for this team so you know it was going to ramp up uh, whether it was uh, at the senior bowl and and all the interviews after the season they have basically done nothing but trample on Teddy and his lack of production in the fourth quarter so it's it's been a mess to watch for me as a former player You,
2: you guys you laid it out all Josh and mentioned too that in the midst of it Teddy went out there and won a sportsmanship award his, his team's being petty as all hell. And this guy went out and won a sportsmanship award, which was a little difficult to celebrate. So they didn't really celebrate it that much. But then they did have to post an article saying, you know, he might be back. And here's the thing. I think they can win with Teddy. I think you get another draft, another offseason. I think they can actually win with Teddy. I know we've all got the, the, the flight of fancy going with Deshaun. And, and, and Tepper, the Tepper situation's real. But I truly believe. That, I, that he could, he could, they could win games. That they could make playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. I, because I believe in the roster around them and what they're building. But I understand that that doesn't seem to be the road we're going down. But I, I kudos to you, Josh, because it's, it, it. He didn't. He didn't. He, his play was one thing, but to be vilified the way he has been is absurd. Yeah. The fact that everyone is pretending like this team would have been sixteen and zero if not for that stupid knucklehead who couldn't play in the fourth quarter. You didn't give him chances, by the way, a whole lot of times. In fact, you told us he wasn't supposed to be running plays, and then you go out there and you're attempting 67-yarders or whatever you're doing. So I, I I was burnt out. I've been burnt out by the, uh, the Teddy-only criticism. And then Stephen Weatherly gets cut. And then people were critical of him. No one even mentioned Stephen Weatherly until we were cut and go, well, yeah, you know, he didn't perform really well. But it wasn't like three weeks before people like can't wait till Weatherly's gone because that dude got paid $6 million to suck. No one said it because it was all Teddy, 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 Teddy.
1: I'm sure I'm sure if Panthers Twitter there's a, there's a very large segment of Panthers Twitter that will get a hold of this four minute section and be like look at one day contract loving on Teddy we're not loving on Teddy but what I am <laughs> what I am pointing out is that this team has a history of doing this it's not just Teddy they did it with the last quarterback they did it with the franchise tight end like these guys are taking shots at them on Twitter and on and on Instagram on their way out because they're getting treated like crap on their way out. That's not someone. I have a question. Does someone,
0: does someone like Deshaun pay attention to things like that when when all this is going on?
1: Sorry. He
2: I mean, I would hope he does. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. I actually think their actions could be the thing that gets us to the altar where, they go, oh, we like the deal, and we're like, hey, it's going to be CMC, and it's going to be two, and Peter King's got it, and it's and it's oh, oh, oh. and then Sean goes, I, I I would love to have gone to Carolina, but unfortunately they just keep treating quarterbacks poorly, and so while the offer is great, right. I'm going to go this way, and then all of us are going to be like, ha, 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 oh. <laughs> Oh, but it was so fun ragging on a quarterback that didn't do anything really to deserve it. I still maintain that Teddy got Teddy got rocked at some point during that season when they were playing revolving door at left tackle and all of a sudden the pressure started getting through. I think Teddy got I think and I'm not saying concussions, I'm not saying that. I'm saying Teddy got got, you know, taken off of his game and didn't finish the season strong. And apparently maybe the fact that going to work every day may have sucked because your coach didn't have your back. Maybe, maybe that makes maybe that would impact your performance. I don't know, but hey, Deshaun Deshaun doesn't listen, so we're fine.
1: Did a defensive tackle or a linebacker make those hits on Teddy? No, you know who did? A defensive end. That's right. Defensive ends, best players in the NFL. No. I am here to tell you, out of everybody here on one day contract, <laughs> I have always said defensive ends the best number one most important best,
3: position on the
1: you field. Got it, Josh.
2: Now, now I now I wanted I want we have we're fortunate cuz we have we have Al Walsh, you know, a former Panther here with us. So you you know, normally we don't have this when we got one of the nerdy, you know, reporter types or whatever. But you look at the Hall of Honor folks. Jake, that wasn't a pleasant, you know, end for him. Jordan Gross wasn't a pleasant end. Steve Smith, is this an organizational thing or is this just the reality of football, that the end oftentimes isn't
3: fun? It's the reality of the game. I mean, we're we're egomaniacs, and we love ourselves, and we will never think that we don't bring value to a team. So if it's not our choice, if it's not by choice, which you see a lot of happening in the NBA where they get to dictate where they go, you see a lot of it with Deshaun Watson and, and Carson Wentz. Those guys, it's just the quarterbacks now, some receivers maybe, but just the quarterbacks, we're not going to be happy. So it's always a bad breakup because built into our DNA, the competitors, the alpha males that we are, we think we still got it. We can be 35 and, and dragging one leg and, and a broken shoulder. We still think we deserve it and somebody did us wrong. But it's, it's, it's not an organizational thing. It's just a product of, of the game we play.
0: Before we get to the game, I do want to just real quick. Taylor Moten, that franchise tag period opened this week. The Panthers, they're going to try to get him to sign a long term deal. Here comes the dog. I hear him. Bernie says yes, I think. Was that a yes?
2: I don't know if it's going to be – you know, I don't know if it'll be a long-term deal. I think that's absolutely the reason to not do it initially. Um, if they are working on something, that's, it makes some sense. Uh, I assume if the door had been slammed shut, they probably they could have done it immediately. Um, but um, I, I fully anticipate Taylor Moten will be here, be it a one-year deal or a long-term deal.
3: I agree, Colin. I think that's the way it's going to work. Um, these things rarely work themselves out pre-draft. So even if it's a placeholder until they can see how things pan out in the draft and free agency, they'll put that in place to reassure him that, hey, we want you with this this organization. I think he wants to be here. I think he's the most consistent offensive lineman. that We are just talking about Jordan Gross since that guy who's up on the stadium permanently. So um, Moulton will be a part of this team. I firmly believe that. And they'll figure out a way to get him done. Now, he's not a left tackle, but, boy, um, he is a consistent performer out there, and they need him, no matter what quarterback you get back there. You better have some guys that can protect him and-, and Taylor moon did a good job for teddy last year
1: yeah we're we're all three on the same page i think it's whether it's a franchise tag or whether it's a long term deal the really the only question to me is whether Taylor and his guys would want to sign a long term deal in a year like this when the cap is down, you know, and you may you never know i mean obviously as a football player, you don't know what is going to happen next year to your body. I mean, Taylor has been one of the most consistent players on the roster for the past three years, but there's no, there's no saying that he, that bad thing may not happen. So he may want to say, you know what, give me, give me a four year, 40, $45 million deal. That's probably not enough, but you know what I'm saying? Like he may want that guaranteed money rather than just a guarantee for the next 12 months. Um, But either way, the Panthers have the option to use that franchise tag, and they're going to if they have to.
0: Game time. This week we are playing free agency draft, or the answer is on the roster. So I'm going to name a position. You guys are going to debate where the answer will come from in 2021. We will start with O-line.
1: Uh, I think it's a combination, right? So Taylor's on the roster. I think Matt Paradis is on the roster, obviously. Um, Just
2: restructured. So generally you don't get. Yeah. It'd be weird, weird to restructure
1: him and then be like, you know what? Thanks <laughs> Just for- to create
2: more dead money. Just- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your-
1: restructuring. It'd kick rocks. Um, <laughs> I think that, uh, but I, I think they're going to, I think the free agency. And if, if it were me and I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, but I, if it were me, if, if one of those two left tackles, Panay Sewell or, or Slater, is not there at eight, if you're picking at eight, whatever, all these hypothetical – we don't even know what's going to happen. But, like, if one of those guys is not available at eight, um, I, I'd be making a real big run at Trent Williams or another left tackle. Like, you, you can – if you can bring in a big, big, big left tackle and bring back Taylor Moten, I think that does more for your team than almost anything you could do aside from Deshaun Watson.
3: Yeah, I think if you're talking entire O-line, I think I, I would go with uh, it's there on your roster because Moten is there, Paradis is there. Those are two critical uh, positions. Not as important, obviously, as left tackle, but you can find some interior guys. There's some veteran left tackles out there in, in case all hell breaks loose and you can't draft a, a high pick that you can build for the future. So Moten's a good foundation, still a young guy. Paradise struggled that first year, but he he showed me why they brought him in here to anchor that line. Uh, his intelligence, his versatility got him through this year. So, I think they have the pieces. Obviously, it looks scary with just those two right now, but they'll fill in those blanks.
1: Al, can you talk a little bit about Matt Paradis? Because I know that a lot of – he has taken a lot – I feel like I see a lot of flack about Matt Paradis still, and it's left over from, from the, the first year he was here when I don't think he was very good or, or 100% healthy. What did you see from him last year that made you think that he was better?
3: I, I feel like I, he understood the offense and where he fit in. I saw the leadership. I think the communication was there where it wasn't that first year. And that first year, he was coming off of an injury. I had a similar injury, you know, broken ankle, just dislocation. Those things take a while. And he was just kind of out of sorts on where, where he was supposed to be. He's not stout. He's not the biggest guy. He's not going to be guys going to blow you out of there like uh, the Pouncey brothers. Uh, you look at Pittsburgh and, and, and out in L.A., I believe the other – the brother was. But the, he, he was he was good. And what you need a, a center is an intelligent guy that can get everybody set up, that can read the defense, help his quarterback who's processing so much information as far as setting protection. And Paris did a hell of a job doing that this year. And I was encouraged about him being here for, you know, a number of years, another you know couple years, and what he would bring and anchor in that offensive line. So I was impressed.
2: What um, about? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead?
1: Nope. No, I was I want, just going to. I want to hear from Colin.
0: Yeah, go,
2: Colin. Uh, well, that's because I was going to agree with Josh. I think the interior yes, of the line will probably try. I could sense it.
1: I could see
0: it <laughs> in your eyes.
2: <laughs> you'll probably try and go, but you know, at the same time, with the with the free agency, bringing in Fitterer from another organization, like we know, there's probably going to be some guys from Seattle who got some ties. We already have the tight end that came in, so uh, you know, it, it may be that way. But I do. I, Josh, I want to ask you about the, the left tackle position specifically. If you're not taking a quarterback and somehow you saw the eighth pick is left tackle where you're, where where you want to go there. You think, is that mm-hmm. what I was doing?
1: Yes. I, I mean, so here's the thing that I think, and we're going to talk more about the draft as we get closer. Sure. Cause I think it's hard. It's so hard to talk about it right now because you don't know whether they're going to have the eighth pick 39th pick, no picks, all the picks, whether they need a quarterback, whether they don't, whatever. But I think that if, If they stay – let's say Watson goes to the Dolphins, right? If they stay at eight, that probably – and they're not going to draft a quarterback, that probably means four, maybe even five quarterbacks went in front of them. So if four or five quarterbacks are going in front of them, that means that a lot of talented players are now dropping down. And somebody's going to take Jamar Chase – Probably somebody's going to take Devonta Smith. And now you're staring Panay Sewell, who a lot of people would, I think in a lot of other drafts, would be the number one, number two, number three pick in the draft. Uh, to me, that's a no-brainer. I'm taking him, and I'm living with whatever is going to be at quarterback next year. And I know you've already – Teddy Bridgewater, if he can get up from under the bus, can still play quarterback next year. If you If you need to move on, you can move on. But then you – now you have a left tackle, a right tackle of the future. You're ready to bring in whoever the next quarterback is. Um, so I, I think that, yes, if one of those four quarterbacks – are, if all those four quarterbacks are gone, I'm taking left tackle um, Slater or, or Sewell.
2: We, you know, we don't know what's, what reality we're going to be living in as we go through this NFL offseason. But the one where five quarterbacks go in front of us, having the eighth pick gets me a little bit excited, I got to tell you. <laughs> Just the <laughs> thought of the talent you could add. Uh, added to this team.
1: Well, Mac Jones' floor is at eight, so that's what I heard from uh, a dummy. Oh, by the way, you got to be <laughs> careful for the next two months. You got to be careful who you're listening to, especially on Twitter. That game is crazy. There was a dude that <laughs> broke. In one day, he broke that Teddy Bridgewater is getting traded to the 49ers, uh, that uh, Odell Beckham hit the highest trade compensation he would get was the eighth pick. Um, Big Ben was going to get cut by the Steelers and that the dolphins had offered the highest package for the texans. That was in one day a dude had broke. So either this dude is the most connected guy in all of sports, the history of sports reporting. This dude has the most contacts or maybe he's just throwing darts at a wall. Sorry if you're listening.
0: Was this was this the onion? What's going on?
1: No, that's a real that is real. That is real. You real. do know that you can real unfollow real. people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop them from
1: coming across that timeline. They're coming across. People are retweeting it. They're tweeting, at Josh Klein rules, did you see this? I saw it. I saw it.
0: <laughs> that made me so happy. You know you can unfollow people, right? Oh, I lo- I'm lost. Oh, yeah, we're playing a game. Uh, real quick, how about secondary?
1: Uh... I think they might dra- I think they should draft a safety. I hope they draft a safety. Deep safety class this year. They already have some guys on the roster they can go forward with. They need another corner, but I don't know who I don't know where that's going to come from. So I guess I don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> safety is not on the roster. Defensive back is not on the roster. They can't be too excited about the group that they have with Trey Boston leaving. I mean all the talk about moving Chin back to safety go out and find somebody. I want to see them develop a safety. I'm tired of the 32-year-old veteran safety who has terrible tackling angles and can't get out of the center of the field. I'm tired of that guy.
1: Sounds like someone specific, but that's – Ah, nope. Nope, definitely not, (laughs) definitely not
2: you know, Al, I'm I'm glad to hear you say this about Chin because I feel like everyone's just been okay with him just possibly sliding back to safety. I don't want him playing center field in this defense. I want him around the ball as much as possible. So uh, it it is interesting. Like if you say he's part of the secondary, then you've got Dante. Um, I I just don't want to be in the secondary. Where they're gonna get this? Where they're gonna get help? I'm with you. It seems like a, Josh, it seems like a deep safety class. Go get a young guy. Go get somebody that we can, we can develop um, to be the captain of that, uh, of that secondary that is not named Jeremy.
1: Third straight big prove it year for Dante Jackson. So this is the year.
0: <laughs> Third time's the charm. Don't you know Absolutely. that? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. What about tight uh, end?
1: I, I, I think, I think you can go out and get a tight end. Like, there are just a lot of them out there. I think this year specifically, there going to be a lot of, like, veteran guys that end up getting cut that are that think they're worth $10 million a year, but they're still hanging around come July, and you can pick up one of these guys on a one-year $2.5 million contract and bring in, uh, you know, I can't even think of a good example. Hayden Hurst is the name that keeps popping up into my head, but how what's he, like, 29? Like, and he's in the third year in the league? But there are, just, there are a lot of guys available out there that, um, I mean, whether it's Zach Ertz, like somebody like Man that. Hurts. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> obviously, got to bring back Man Hertz, I mean, clearly. But in terms of pass-catching tight ends, they have different roles.
2: You know, another interesting thing about this offseason, we can actually see, uh, you know, trades a lot more than we have because of the reduction of the cap. Like, you know, maybe a middling round, third round, fourth round. I, you know, obviously cap situations are going to be – are, are going to dictate it in dead money and stuff like that, but I, I hadn't really thought of it until we we're just doing this. But I feel like there could be, you know, guys that teams would have to cut. I think the Colin Jones trade was one of those, if I'm not mistaken. At the you know right at the end of the season or right at the end of training camp, where they were going to cut him, so we traded him a seventh rounder. I'm just saying, I, I think this may be more in play um, this offseason than others.
3: Yeah, they it's the guy's not on the roster. They you know they don't have any tight ends they really believe in. Man Hurts is an extension of an offensive lineman. Yes, he caught a few passes this this year, um, but they're going to go out, and I think you can find a guy anywhere. It doesn't have to be elite. Elite is great. You look at some of the elite tight ends, but they have so many other weapons. Depending on how this all shakes out, they're not going to get as many targets as they do in other systems. I think this system is built for the running back to catch a ton of passes, for those receivers to catch a ton of passes. And uh, I think that's who we'll continue to see from Brady. And, and, and the tight end sounds good. We keep saying that because of Thad Moss and LSU and, and you know Burrow and everything they had going on there a couple years ago. But I don't think it's as important as we put the value on it right now.
2: Does that mean I can't have Kyle Pitts today?
3: <laughs> I would love it, but it's I think it's other pressing needs. I love Pitts. Pitts is probably one of the most exciting tight ends I've seen in a while.
2: If I, if I classify him, as some teams have, as a wide receiver, can I now take him at
3: eight? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good to me. I'll take him.
0: You know, Colin, you can do whatever you want. How about that?
3: Thank
1: Love you. Love it.
0: <laughs> All right, last one. Quarterback.
1: Um, All right, I'm a, I actually have a real strong opinion about this. Okay, <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to pull out a wipe-off board for some reason. <laughs> I thought I'll you had
1: a huge book, like a dictionary. That's what it looked like you were you were pulling up. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I did pull out the notes.
2: Um, ancient scrolls. Because you know we've talked about David Tepper being obsessed with quarterback, obsessed with Deshaun Watson. But I think he's one thing to keep in mind here. We already talked about Stafford, and that's the deal they 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 could have been or they were in on. So. Um, I think David Tepper only wants a blue-chip quarterback. And as you look at the draft, Trevor Lawrence is a guy you feel confident saying, that's a blue-chip guy. These other, these other guys, even though they're highly thought of draft picks, I don't know if David Tepper is going to meet these these young men and feel like they are blue-chip, ready-to-go quarterbacks. I actually think is more likely we end up with an NFL veteran um, potentially. And they may love somebody in this class. We've heard that they do like different guys, but I would not be surprised if, if it turns out that they don't love this draft class um, or, or everyone, all four of them or all five of them, as much as it's being um, postured.
1: Uh, I think that once you have in your mind that you're willing to give up a lot of draft capital and players for a quarterback, and then the one quarterback that you don't want is not available, you still have in your mind that you're willing to give up a lot for a quarterback. So I think that if Deshaun Watson does not come to Carolina, the Panthers and David Tepper and Scott Fitterer, um may say to themselves, we're well, we willing to give up all this for Watson. Look, we can now give up a little bit less and move up to three for, for Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. And whether or not that is the right decision, um, I think that the, the decision has been made that there will be a new quarterback in 2021. And if it's not Deshaun Watson, I think it's coming at either the number two or the number three pick for the Carolina Panthers.
3: Uh, I agree, Josh. I think David Tepper is a guy who, understand what he wants. I think last year, I'm not saying that he, he settled for the advice of, of, say, Marty Herney and that team of, of going with Teddy Bridgewater. He's not letting that happen again, guys. He is making this decision. He knows his guy. He has his target. He's locked in. It's Deshaun Watson or bust, and he's willing to give up about anything to get that guy in here he thinks can change this franchise and get it where he wants to be. If that doesn't work out, he's also not afraid, like Josh said, to give up some things to move up and see if he can develop the next uh, Deshaun Watson. So uh, I think it's I think it's Watson, Watson or Bust for, for David Tepper. He's locked in. I believe King, I, I think he has the inside scoop. They're going to give up a lot. And you can't be – I mean, to get something, it has to be a little painful. And uh, I think the Panthers you're gonna feel some pain because Tepper's gonna give up something we really hold a lot of value in that to get to get his guy, and I think that's Deshaun Watson.
2: You know, I, I really think Josh that before they would go to the draft route that we would explore options with Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. possibly even Dak, before we get to this draft. I you think said they it. would rather have I, I think they would rather have again. We're going to get a quarterback from the NFL, not necessarily from the draft. I yeah. do agree with you, though, that he's going to go high if he goes. Like, he's going to go, if they get through Wilson and Dak, they're going to go to Trevor Lawrence. Like, they are going to keep going down the line and make everybody tell them no. I just think they'd rather it be a guy that has played in the NFL rather than a guy that's coming out of college.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be Kellen. – Kellen Mond is not coming here in the third round. They're not like that – like, sorry, Kellen, if you're listening, but it's not like, well, we drafted – so, like, oh, well, get excited about this third-round guy that we brought in. That's not happening. It's either top top eight quarterback, Deshaun, or NFL quarterback.
2: I think it's more likely they, they pick at two if they take a quarterback than they, you know, get one at, at, at eight. You know,
1: I would say they, it's they, more likely they pick at two than it is that they pick at eight. Full stop. End of sentence.
2: Yeah. They're going to move. You know one one thing too about this that's gotten reported, like the David, David Tepper's presence at the Senior Bowl, you know, regard around Mac Jones and all that stuff, and you know Tannenbaum's report that we've referenced a couple of times. To me, David Tepper's a due diligence guy. This this was this was a due diligence trip for him, in my opinion. He's enjoying this quarterback hunt. I don't read it. I think he wanted to get close and get an opportunity to see the young man. I don't think his presence meant that they had identified him in any way.
1: My read is that even though it's odd, Mac Jones stuff there. is a smokescreen. Sorry, no, no. I'm just Go saying it
2: is, it, everyone's referenced that it's odd that an owner's at the Senior Bowl, but we we've talked about that. Tepper has got his eye on the prize, and that prize is a quarterback. So I think he's in due diligence mode.
1: Mobile is lovely in January too. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you guys feel about Russell Wilson as our quarterback next year? By the way, one day contract, the only place where you have heard the name Dak Prescott mentioned about the Carolina Panthers. No one is talking about that except for us. Not saying it's going (laughs) to happen. I really do think, I think, I
2: think Watson, depending on how his Watson timeline plays out, I feel like, I feel like these are the discussions they're having in there. And I don't think there's that much of a difference between the, the three of them. I think they, well, not for quarterback evaluations. I mean, in their eyes, um, You know, any of them will fit the bill. The price would be different for each one because of age and different circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I think all three of them are probably being discussed right now.
3: I mean, you know Watson's contract. You know what you're getting when you sign him up. It's already locked in. Dak, you better have $40 million a year. He's already told you that. You know what he's shooting for. So unless you're willing to pay a long-term contract, I mean, you know – He's not going to stay very long. He wants to get paid, period.
2: So when they were clearing cap space, and Deshaun actually has a lower cap number, that maybe it wasn't for Deshaun. Maybe it was for... Taylor you bro. know what? It, we should probably just end the podcast. Because <laughs> you know what? You know, <laughs> You know what scares me is Russell Wilson has tortured me Way too long for me to believe that giving up a bunch of good picks is gonna is gonna reap rewards where I get to enjoy Russell Wilson. Oh, oh, that is not an existence. I think I'm headed towards.
3: I think that. on home, Russell. It. Come on home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm so, a, a Nebraska like a man who's fan not been
2: fan. tortured by him. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm a Nebraska fan. My torture goes back to when he was at Wisconsin. That yeah. there's all I still have nightmares over that game. So old
2: pack of Badgers.
0: Oh Lord, Al! Where can the folks at home find you if you want to be found?
3: <laughs> uh you're right. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Uh, if I can get this right, 96 A Wallace on Instagram at A Wallace 96, and uh, turn on somebody's radio, you'll hear me at some point during the week. I'm all over the place. ESPN Charlotte, Fox 46 with Will and, and Josh and and Christian. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me on here. I always enjoy it. It's always fun. I appreciate you guys.
1: Of course. Well, the most important position in football, we got to have you on. I mean, obviously, defensive end. Um, And you're doing stuff for Gardner-Webb, too, right?
3: Yeah, I'll be on this weekend, this Saturday, the 27th, 4 p.m. kickoff. Gardner-Webb hosting Elon, their spring opener um, Trey Lamb, first-year head coach, was hired, what, 12, 14 months ago and is finally getting the coach. So it's going to be exciting team, teaming up with Phil Constantino on that call on ESPN Plus, 4 p.m. Tune in. Check us out.
0: Joshua?
1: Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh KleinRules. Um, I've heard the rumors. Whenever you're, whenever you're thinking about tweeting them at me, hey, Josh, did you hear this? I heard it. I read it. I saw it. I don't believe it. I'll believe uh, it when I'll it when I sees it. <laughs> Colin?
2: Yes, my non-tabloid Panthers tweets are at Colin CLT.
1: Yeah, tweet <laughs> at me during the Hornets games, though. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Hornets corner, LaMelo. Man, when he hit that, when he drove the lane on Conley and then did the, the you're too short, short to right? guard me. Oh, my God. I, I like, stood up. Oh, I was so excited. It's fun. This is how the Panthers should can be too by the way is that they they're young they're exciting they're fun but instead we got people throwing them throwing each other under the bus unfollowing each other on Instagram
0: <laughs> ridiculous if you want to have some fun in charlotte sports watch the hornets hornets are fun right now panthers we're we're getting fun how about that we're getting yeah, we're, we're on the get, road to fun we'll, we we're going to get fun
1: road to fun That's
0: the road <laughs> Too fun. <laughs>
1: Make the shirt. Make the shirt, Dave, if you're listening.
0: <laughs> this uh, has been One Day Contract, part of the Riot Network. Al Wallace, your one day contract is up. Everybody else, we will see you next episode.
1: Follow Nikki at Nikki704. Mention her name That's when buying baked goods or trading for a quarterback. Snakes, yes. Casario. Easterbee, if you're listening. Green. Nikki Wolf says. Third-round picks are huge this year. If you're listening, Easter be.